Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the 411 Ground and Found MMA Podcast, your weekly look into the wide, wacky, wonderful world of mixed martial arts. I'm Robert Winfrey. I'm going to be talking you through everything this week. Should be a fairly short episode. Uh, and last week's event. Oh, woof. And wasn't great on paper, but, uh, man... Uh, well, we'll talk about that poor, that event. I, I mean, as much as it was just kind of meh on paper and then got some good stuff in practice, but I almost felt bad for it by the end, <laughs> by the end of that. Oh, jeez. Uh, also coming up, you, uh, the UFC is back on pay-per-view. Uh, the UFC 255. Both the men's and women's flyweights titles will be on the line. And yeah, we'll go through that card. Not a lot of news. It's been really quiet. I don't know what... Uh, it's coming up on the end of the year, so I imagine... Next couple of weeks we'll get another bunch of bout announcements kind of deal, but it's it's been pretty quiet. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, let's, let's go ahead and jump into this. So let's start with last night's event. Uh, UFC on ESPN Plus 41 took place last night. Uh... When we recorded last week, it was right about the time that news had broken about Islam Makachev falling out of that fight. A couple of days later, we got a replacement. A replacement, that in the form of Paul Felder. I give tremendous credit to anyone who steps into a fight on, you know, that short notice. In the case of Felder, it was about five days. Had to cut all the way down to 155. He revealed after the fight uh, that he... Uh, hadn't even been in an, M- in an MMA gym in a number of months. He'd been focused on his triathlete training. And he was just... Had really lost his passion for the sport. Uh, thankfully, this fight seems to have recovered some of that, at least if his post-fight speech was any indicator. So he stepped in to fight Rafael Dos Anjos in your main event. We got to weigh-in day, and... Three fighters came in overweight. Uh, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan, who was part of the co-main event. Uh, Eric Anders came in heavy, and Luis Smolka. Uh, all of those came in heavily. Um, which was... Uh, yeah, and three times... Three fighters missing weight on the same card. It's been a while since that's happened. Oh, sorry, I gotta apologize, guys. I am still a little under the weather, I guess. It's... I don't know. I don't know specifically what it is, I... But, uh... Point being, if my voice quality is a little bit rough... Sorry, I can only do so much about that. Uh, and of those... Anyway, of those three fights fighters that missed weight, uh, two of them wound up pulling out entirely. Um, Eric Anders pulled out of his fight with... Was he fighting Safarov? Uh, let's see. No, he was fighting Antonio Arroyo. Um, Saperbeg Safarov was supposed to fight... Who was supposed to fight on this card? Because I'm... Yeah, oh, he's supposed to fight Julian Marquez. That was it. Um, 
Yeah, he had weight cut issues on the day of the fight, so that was canceled. Anders and Arroyo. Anders missed weight. That was canceled. Uh, Anders pulled out with medical concerns due to his weight cut. Then, about 30 minutes before the event was to start, Louis Smolka had to pull out of his uh, his fight with... Is he fighting? Uh, Quinones. Jose Quinones. Uh, so, that fight was canceled. I mean, again, this was not a great card on paper, but you can't help but feel bad for anything that suffers this much adversity. A week out, you lose half of your main event. Day of the weigh-ins, you lose one, you lose uh, two fights. Well, you lose one early. Three people miss weight. You lose one fight not too long after, and then the next day, right before the event's supposed to start, you lose another one. Um, that's just a rough run of luck. So, in your main event, uh, Rafael dos Anjos defeated Paul Felder via split decision, which I have serious issues with. There were two 50-45s for Dos Anjos, which was my scorecard as well, and then one 48-47 for Felder. That judge in question, Chris Lee, gave Felder rounds 2, 3, and 4. I cannot for the life of me understand how that happened. The only... I want to make sure I phrase this correctly. This fight was kind of awesome. It was brutal. There was some grueling... uh, there was fighting at distance, there was fighting in the clinch, there was kicks going back and forth, punches, elbows, both men were bloody by the end of it. It was a really, really good fight. So I want to make sure that, that what I'm about to say doesn't overshadow that. I think that while it was competitive, and, and great fight, really good, this was fight of the night, very deservedly so, I enjoyed the heck out of this fight. But I think the only round you can argue going to Felder is the second. I don't know how you give him... Even then, I disagree. But I maybe could be persuaded about the second, maybe. Rounds three and four. I don't know what Chris Lee was looking at. I don't... I don't know how he arrived at that conclusion. It's... It's comically bad. I mean, even a bunch of people on Twitter uh, who tend to be more... Uh, how do I say this kindly? They're more willing to be a little bit less critical. Uh, they te- uh, Be that because there's a lot of overreactions on the internet. There are. Or a desire to preserve some sort of relationship with the institution, I don't know. But even people who are normally <laughs> a little bit like, yeah, it was a close fight, quit, uh, you know, quit complaining about uh, it being a split decision. You know, A close fight is not a robbery. But even those people were like, boy, I'd really like to know how Chris Lee arrived at uh, at three rounds to two in favor of Felder here. Uh, that is that is a horrible scorecard for this fight. Horrible. I mean, uh, I, Felder's in these always in these kind of weird scoring situations. I guess. Look, I thought he lost the Barboza rematch. So, uh, 
I don't know. Uh, the right guy won, thankfully. Uh, Mike Lee should not be allowed to uh, to score for the UFC. Look, he, he should be fired. This is an utterly indefensible... I don't like calling for people's jobs. But this is an utterly indefensible position to hold. Uh, I mean, just utterly indefensible. As for the fight... Again, really, really good fight. RDA came out, landed some good body kicks, good punches. He was just better about getting Felder to the fence and working the fence wrestling game. Getting takedowns, keeping positions, landing some punches as Felder's trying to get back to his feet, etc., etc. Uh, both men landed some good elbows along the, throughout the course of the fight. Just a really good fight. Uh... I don't know if Rafael Dos Anjos has another actual title run in him. He's 36. Uh, there's still some kind of an open question about Khabib and whether or not he's actually retired. I, I, I mentioned before, I tend to think he is, but the UFC has not yet vacated the title. And he'd have a... He'd have a tough road. I mean, lightweight's just a tough division. But he is somewhat uniquely suited to kind of punish the guys at Rufus Sport. Think about the guys that come out of that camp and what they like to do. Dos Anjos is the worst possible matchup for most of them. Uh, I mean, he you know, took the title from Anthony Pettis, beat up Paul Felder here. Uh, there's at least one other guy that came out of that team I think that he's beaten. Um, Kevin Lee wasn't up there when they fought. Um, was Lawler associated with them, maybe? Hmm. No, I don't think he was. I'm, I'm fairly sure there's at least one other member of that team that Dos Anjos has beaten. Uh, I could be mistaken about that. Uh, let me see. Felder was 7th coming into this fight, so Dos Anjos is going to take a spot right around the top 10. Um, throw one more name in there, man. I guess it's... That is a tough division. It is full of incredibly talented people. Uh, yeah. You know, kudos to both men for the fight. Felder taking this on five days' notice, having to cut like 20 pounds over that period of time to make weight. Uh, Dos Anjos taking a completely different uh, opponent. Uh, Makashev is not only a wrestling first fighter, he's also a southpaw. Felder orthodox and a striker. So, kudos to both men in that respect. Uh, yeah, good fight. Really good fight. Probably not like top five fight of the year, but good fight. Let's see. Co-main event... Chaos Williams, oh, good heavens, this knockout. Knocked out Abdul Razak Al-Hassan in about 30, 30 seconds with one punch. Al-Hassan throws a bit of a naked leg kick, a little bit too close. Straight right from Williams, right down the pipe, splits his guard, falls like a board. Brutal knockout. Second win in the UFC for Williams. He blitzed through Alex Morono earlier this year. 
That fight only that fight lasted less than thirty seconds. This one exactly thirty. Williams, I'm I'm not about to anoint him a future, you know, contender or anything, but that man packs enough power to be a problem for pretty much everyone in that division. Uh, Ashley Yoder defeated Miranda Granger via unanimous decision, 30-26, and then two 29-27s. Uh, Granger had a good first round. I gave Granger the second, uh, but Yoder pretty clearly had a 10-8 third. Uh, that wasn't really in dispute there. So Yoder really needed the win, just a bit of a veteran hurdle for Granger to overcome, and Granger couldn't yet. Sean Strickland defeated Brendan Allen via TKO. This was a catchweight of 195. The fight came together kind of late, so both men agreed to 195 instead of the normal uh, 185 due to time constraints. Sean Strickland looked really good here. Just really kind of smooth, uh, long-range punches. Allen struggled to really get inside his range instead of being stuck on the end of it. Clipped him with a good right hand, finished him off along the fence. Between the, his last couple of fights, Sean Strickland might finally have found his footing. He's always been talented, but if he's finally started putting stuff together, good for him. Uh, kicking off the main card, Corey McKenna defeated Kay Hansen via unanimous decision, 29-28 across the board. I disagree with this. I thought Hansen won uh, rounds one and three. Uh, I mean, pretty good fight, but... Uh, I, I really disagreed with the scoring there. As for the prelims, Kanako Murata defeated Randa Marcos via unanimous decision, 30-27. Uh, Murata just a really good wrestler. Was able to constantly get Marcos down. Keeper there, pass guard, hitter, rinse and repeat. Tony Gravely defeated Geraldo de Freitas via split decision. Uh, 130-27 for Gravely and then 29-28 each way. The 30-27, I disagree with. I thought Defreitas had the first round. Gravely winning the second and third, uh, not not too much controversy there. At welterweight, Alex Morono defeated Reese McKee via unanimous decision, 30-27 on all three scorecards. Fun little, fun little blood and guts kind of fight here. Uh, this was a pretty good one. McKee persevered through some bad spots, but... I saw this on Twitter. I can't remember who said it. Uh, Alex Morono is... He doesn't do anything all that great, but he knows how to fight, man. Uh, he's a good grappler if he has to go there. Good punches, good kicks. Uh, just a really kind of tough all-around fighter. And kicking everything off, Dante Mays defeated Roki Martinez via unanimous decision. This fight sucked. Low-level heavyweights... I don't really know what else to tell you about that. Not a good fight. Uh, not a good fight. And yeah, that was it. Short card, only two finishes on the entire card. Which is not an indicator of overall fight quality, but... Uh, some of the... Um, I think the fights you expected to be good on paper were good in practice. Kind of the best way to say that. So, thanks to everyone who read my report for that over in the MMA Zone of 411 Mania. Always appreciate you guys. I know, not a very uh, 
discussed card, but thank you anyway. I appreciate the support. All right, let's move on to this coming event. The UFC is back on pay-per-view for UFC 255. Both of the flyweight, flyweight titles will be on the line. Main event, Davison Figueredo and Alex Perez. This was originally going to be Davison Figueredo and Cody Garbrandt. However, Garbrandt pulled out with a torn bicep. This was a while ago. This is not an especially short notice thing. It's been over uh, well over a month. Uh, this is not an easy fight for either guy. Figueredo, in the wake of beating Joseph Benavidez twice via stoppage both times, he's got a little bit of that, a uh, little bit of that mystique building. You know, he's a powerful striker. He's kind of a marauder. He's good about applying pressure. He's fearless. He is not an easy guy to defeat. He's good on the ground. He's good on the feet. And he hits really, really hard. He might be the hardest puncher in that division. Uh, but this is not easy for him, partially because of what Perez does. Perez is a good striker himself. A little bit more committed to head movement and to kind of faking and fainting his way in. Has good leg kicks. In fact, uh, he stopped Juicy Formiga with leg kicks. Uh, Perez's only loss in the UFC was to Joseph Benavidez. That includes some wins both at flyweight and bantamweight for Perez. Uh, one of the things Figueredo's going to have to be mindful of is the leg kicks here. He didn't do a whole lot to dissuade Joseph Benavidez from kicking him to the leg in either of their fights. Now, that might have been just a calculation on his part that Benavidez isn't going to kick me to the leg hard enough to make a difference. Anytime he does, I'm going to counter punch. I'm going to keep walking him down, and I'll get to him eventually. Perez has significantly harder leg kicks than Joseph Benavidez does. I think that's pretty safe to say. Uh, Perez's commitment to head movement could be a problem for Figueredo, but Figueredo is also very good about working the body. He's one of the few guys who really will commit to his body work in that particular respect, and he's hurt some people badly that way. I expect a really good fight. This should be high-paced wherever it goes. I expect a fair amount of violence out of these two. I lean Figueredo for making predictions, but I will not be shocked if Perez pulls this off. I was probably going to lean Figueredo over Garbrandt just a little bit. Most That would have been mostly based on not seeing how Cody has ever performed at 125 and that I mean, that was a big concern with TJ. That's uh, Part of the other thing there, though, is their physiques are very different. Looking at TJ at 135, and he said, I want to fight at flyweight, I, kinda, I think a lot of us kind of went, I don't know where you're going to lose that weight. Cody, it's a little bit easier to see how he might be able to slim down. I shouldn't say slim down like he's fat. He doesn't have the kind of muscled-up physique that Dillashaw does, so it looks like there might be more... Uh, the cut might be a little bit easier. Um, whether or not that uh, will wind up being true in practice or not, I have no idea. But, yep, leaning Figueredo. Co-main event, women's flyweight. Champion Valentina Shevchenko will defend against Jennifer Maya. I... 
I don't, I can't sell this. I mean, I'm not that guy. Maya has, what's Maya have? Maya's got some decent hand combinations, but she's very repetitive with them. Maya's footwork is okay, but anytime she actually strikes, she stops moving and just very clearly plants. She telegraphs every exchange because she stops moving plants and then goes. It's fairly predictable if you pay attention. I know there, uh, Maya on the ground is alright, but she's, I mean, she's submitted Col uh, Joanne Calderwood, but She's mostly been a decision fighter for the last, for a while now. Um, prior to submitting Joanne Calderwood, her last finish was back in 2015. Good grief. Uh, fighting on some regional card. Jeez. Uh, yeah, she's uh, not, one, not big on the finish, be it on the feet or on the ground. I don't have any reason to pick against Valentina Shevchenko here. Someone's going to beat Valentina at some point, and I'm going to feel... A lot of us are going to look stupid when we just kind of said, you know, well, Valentina should win this easily, and then she doesn't. I really struggle to see how Maya's going to pose a lot of problems to Valentina here. Valentina's very hard to take down. She's very good on the feet. She's physically very, very strong. Uh... And Maya's big thing is kind of doing what a lot of female fighters do. She kind of will stop bouncing, throw a combination, reset, bounce, stop bouncing, throw a combination, probably the same one she just threw, and repeat. And Valentina demolishes people with that simple a game set. She just does. I mean, she gives problems to... Sound like I'm, you know, one of those... Uh, don't want to sound like I'm one of those people who thinks that Valentina is, you know, walks on water. But she gives problems, she gave problems, a lot of problems, to ver to significantly better fighters than, you know, the monitor, the kind of uh, rinse and repeat fighters. The rinse and repeat fighters, she tends to beat very, very uh, easier. So I expect Shevchenko to win. I favor her very heavily. Uh, pff, yeah. See, we have a fight between Mike Perry and Tim Means. That's a pretty good fight, actually. Uh, let's see what Means has done. He beat Loriano Staropoli. That was a pretty good fight. Whereas Perry didn't... Uh, yeah, beat Mickey Gall. I'm going to lean towards Perry. I don't think... A couple of very specific reasons. First and foremost, I just don't think that the chin of Tim Means is kind of where it used to be. I think the damage is starting to catch up to him a little bit. And Tim Means doesn't really move his head. Mike Perry hits hard. Uh, Means like to, likes to get close and use elbows. I expect a really engaging fight here, but I do kind of lean towards Perry. Uh, another women's flyweight fight, Caitlin Chukagian. She lost her last fight, didn't she? Yeah, Andrade took her soul with that body punch. It was kind of hilarious. Um, she'll fight Cynthia Calvillo. Is Calvillo finally gonna? Calvillo's been out for a while, man. Sorry, she fought in June. 
And she beat Jessica Iingen. Didn't she have another fight scheduled? Yeah, she was supposed to fight in October. Hmm. What caused her to pull out of that? Uh, anyway, Calvillo's kind of in the spot where she needs to make this happen. She's got a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of raw uh, talent there. Her grappling is ver is really good. Her scramble game is pretty, pretty... I shouldn't say pretty. Her scramble game is pretty sweet. But she's had a couple of setbacks, and... In a division that is as shallow as flyweight, if she's not going to make this thing happen now... Yeah. Not a great sign. The problem I think she's going to run into here is... Pff, Caitlin Chikagian's not easy to take down. Not impossible, just not easy. And the, uh, the more the fight stays on the feet and long, the less successful Cynthia Calvillo is going to be. I do kind of lean towards Chikagian here, but... Uh, that, one's it. that one could go either way. And kicking off the main card... We're having a rematch between Mauricio Shogun Hua and Paul Craig. These two fought to a draw about a year ago. I... I don't know what we're doing here. Um, look. Shogun somewhat improbably still has kind of a winning record recently. In fact, his only loss... Jeez, since 2014. In 14, he lost to OSP. He got knocked out. He won three fights in a row, then got brutalized by Anthony Smith. Tyson Pedro should have beaten him, but Pedro fought like a moron and got finished. Paul Craig, they fought to a draw. Um, Shogun was kind of lucky to get that draw. And then uh, he's coming off of the split decision win in the rematch with Little Knock their trilogy fight. I don't know if that's just very careful matchmaking or if the division is just bad enough that even a very, very washed up Shogun is still winning fights. Uh, I'm picking Craig here. I, I just... I can't pick Shogun in 2020. I think I picked him against over Little Nog, but... I mean, that was just nostalgia throwback. Both those guys should have retired after that fight. Um, I am not looking forward to that fight. Just going to say it like that. Right, as for the prelims, let's see. We have Brandon Moreno and Brandon Royville. That's, uh, that's not a bad fight, actually. Royville's, Royville's been tearing it up since he got to the UFC. And Moreno... Yeah, Moreno's uh, hasn't lost since he fought Alessandre Pantoja. So that, that's a pretty good fight. I kind of lean towards Royville, believe it or not. Uh, we have a middleweight fight. Joaquin Buckley, he of the jump-spinning back kick fame, will fight Jordan Wright. I don't know what the UFC is going to try and do with Buckley in the wake of that extraordinary viral finish. I don't know if they're going to try and be very careful in matchmaking him or if they're just going to kind of be, you know, all right, here you go. God. I mean, they're putting him on the prelims here, so they're not trying to unduly rush him into anything, at least. That's at least something. 
Jordan Wright is no one to be trifled with. He's undefeated. Uh, and he, yeah, he beat Ike Villanueva uh, not too long ago, actually. And for his UFC, oh, yeah, he opened up that horrible cut on him. I remember that. Um, I don't, I'm okay picking Buckley, I think. He's a, I mean, he's a powerful striker. He was, and he was swinging you know, hell for leather on uh, Kevin Holland in Buckley's UFC debut. He just couldn't quite deal with the longer, uh, rangier fighter. So I'll, I'll lean Buckley there, but again, Jordan Wright, not someone to be uh, trifled with. Uh, let's see, Antonina Shevchenko, the older of the Shevchenko sisters, will be fighting Ariane Lipsky. Shevchenko lost to Chukagian, I remember. Uh, what did Lipsky do? I think, didn't she submit, uh, she had a knee bar, right? Yeah, on Luana Carolina. It was a pretty good knee bar she hit. Uh, I feel okay picking Shevchenko here, but... Uh, Antonina's been decidedly average in the UFC. Uh, welterweight Daniel Rodriguez will fight Nicholas Dalby. It's a pretty good fight. Uh, Rodriguez has gone 3-0 in the UFC. He submitted Tim Means, uh, knocked out Dwight Grant. And Dalby just got back to the UFC. Um, he lost to Jesse Ronson in his last, his last time out. I'm, I'm picking Rodriguez. I think Ro Rodriguez has some pretty serious ability. I mean... So does Dalby, man. Dalby's a Dalby's a really good fighter. He's fairly severely underappreciated, but I I do like uh, Rodriguez here. On the early prelims, Alan Joban will fight Jared Gooden. This is Gooden's UFC debut. Let's see if I can find him real fast. Yeah, I, I'm okay picking Joban against a debuting guy. We have Kyle Dawkus against Dustin. Oh, I'm going to butcher this gentleman's last name. Um, Stoltzfus? I'm going with Stoltzfus. Um, Kyle Dawkus, the smaller of the Dawkus brothers. His uh, other brother uh, fights at heavyweight. Um, this Dawkus lost to Brendan Allen in his UFC debut. This is Stoltzfus's <laughs> UFC debut. <laughs> um. He's on a long winning streak, though. Jeez. He hasn't lost since 2015. That's a heck of a run. I actually will pick Stoltzfus there. And let's see. We have Louis Koske and Sasha uh, Politnikov. Quick look. These, are, uh, these gentlemen are both debuting, I believe. Um, Koske, yes. Undefeated, coming off the Contender Series, and Poletnikov from Hong Kong. Huh. Sorry, yeah, also making his debut. I, I don't know. That one could go either way. One's 7-0, one's 5-2. Um, yeah, that's... I don't know enough to reliably pick either guy. But that will be the event. 
Saturday in the MMA Zone of 411 Mania. Uh, please come by and say hello. I appreciate that. Uh, let's see. You know, I just don't have any news here. I mean, there's a couple of smaller fights have been made, but uh, I think we're just going to kind of call it there. Let me check Twitter one more time, and you guys just actually get a short episode when I promise you one this time around, I guess. Nope. Doesn't look like anything new is broken, so let's do plugs such as they are. Um, you can find me Fridays covering WWE SmackDown in the Wrestling Zone of 411 Mania. Um, Saturday, UFC 255, of course, and we'll be back here yet. I don't know what to tell you guys. We're entering, not only do we still have, you know, the pandemic and associated uh, lockdowns on occasion, depending on where you are in the world, uh, other business concerns going on. We're also entering the holiday season, so, well, here in the States, I know you guys, I know you Canadians, y'all had uh, Thanksgiving in October. Just means you don't have anything to celebrate in November, really, you know? Uh, so we've got that, so, slow, there's not a lot going on right now, guys, I don't know what else to tell you. But, be back here next week, we'll review UFC 255, and we will preview... Oh, heavens. Haven't we suffered enough? Why, oh why, is Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis headlining a card? Um, boy, there's not a lot on that card to get excited about either. Jeez. Well... Be back here next week to uh, talk about that, such as it is. Oof. That's a pretty big oof. Um, yeah, alright. Anyway, that's it for me. Uh, stay safe out there, everyone, as usual, and please continue to be well, be safe, and behave.